With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. How are we doing on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jamison Hartso, and this is Off the Bench on XLR Lander University Radio. It has been quite the summer and quite the minute since we have been back on air here at the radio station at Lander University. And I know we have a bunch of avid sports fans across campus and across the country listening to this show, and I'm sure you all are excited as us to be back listening to Off the Bench. If you haven't kept up with our uh, social media, be sure to go check that out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Off the Bench XLR. Again, that is at Off the Bench XLR. We will post video clips and quotes and funny moments all from the show, as well as, you know, uh, our game picks and all the kind of fun stuff we do on the show. So be sure to check us out on those social medias. We are really active on there, and we really appreciate all the support we can get. Uh, Jameson, say hello. We are back. It's been like s- s- almost pretty much six months almost since we've been on air. So how are you doing right now? Man, it's just really exciting, man. I'm just excited that there's sports back. Man, I did not know what I was going to do. Golf was off. Uh, MLB was off. No NBA. I mean, nothing. There was just absolutely nothing. Um, so, I mean, I mean, at, to a point, you know, first take in ESPN, I mean, they had nothing to talk about. Uh, so uh, it's just really, really exciting just to be back and uh, uh, just talking sports. I love it, man. The NBA bubble, MLB, uh, whatever they've got going on, they, it's been crazy with the MLB. Uh, golf, golf is back, and uh, football is uh, right our favorite sport yeah. is uh, coming up for for college uh, Saturday, and so I'm just I love sports so much, and it's. This college football season is going to be crazy. NFL season is going to be crazy. It's been every sport has been crazy. Um, you know, right now doing the best job is the NBA right now with the bubble, zero cases so far, uh, which is really really good for uh, the sport. And uh, they're really t- uh, li- making an example. Uh, I forgot to mention the U.S. Open. They're doing a bubble mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah, uh, that's tennis, not golf. Um, you know, we're not that lucky. <laughs> so, uh, but. Um, uh, yeah, U.S. Open, you know, Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray. Uh, those are some two notables that are uh, that are playing in the U.S. Open. Roger Federer um, and uh, Rafael Nadal, those two are not uh, participating in this year's U.S. Open. Uh, and then Venus and Serena Williams are also playing. So uh, it's going to be a uh, pretty, fun, pretty fun tournament to watch. Uh, but, yeah, I'm super pumped, Hayden. Uh, it's, I'm so excited just to be back talking sports. Oh, for sure. And yeah. I love – I mean, I, I mean, I, I live and breathe sports, man. And so, for those couple months that we had no sports, it was it, it was, was rough. Brief. It was it really was brutal. really brutal. Yes, sir. And back in like March, we we tried to uh, continue the show. I did one episode on my own. I'd made a little studio in my uh, my basement, 
And I, you know, it was like my home mic. It was, it was awful. If any of y'all got a chance to listen to that, it's out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all our podcast platforms right now. If you got a chance to look, listen to that, audio quality is like 10 times lower than what you experienced right now. I mean, seriously, we are crazy lucky here at XLR to have the equipment we have. And uh, it's just so exciting to be back in the station. Just being in the station in general, put a smile on my face. And it's great to be back here with Jameson talking sports for you guys. Hopefully, uh, you know, COVID kind of kind of hides away from us a bit and we can continue to do the show throughout the uh, the semester there's always the risk you know us getting shut down like uh, north carolina did a couple weeks ago but fingers crossed it doesn't happen i'd love to be on this station as long as possible so uh we just gotta keep our fingers crossed for that but the main reason y'all are all here is to uh, to listen to us talk about sports and like jameson was saying there has been the absence of sports and the abundance of sports this entire <laughs> off season we've had uh, more recently, it's crazy. I remember back in uh, back in February, we were talking how we weren't going to get to cover the NBA Finals. It was very disappointing. So the fact that um, the bubble started up in July and we're actually going to be able to co- cover the NBA Finals on this show in September is crazy to me. I would never expected this back in like February. We were talking. But speaking of those NBA Finals, the NBA bubble has been going on. If you don't know, which I don't know how you don't know, but the NBA bubble, you know, they invited all the teams still eligible to the playoffs. They brought them to Orlando in a giant hotel space. They all shared a couple courts. And basically they played about, what, eight to ten games each, and the top eight teams from each conference went to the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, they played, I think it was eight. I know um, the Phoenix Suns, Mm -hmm. they went undefeated, undefeated in the bubble, which has been a lot of controversy about this. Uh, they went undefeated in the bubble, and they still did not make the playoffs, uh, which it was pretty absurd. But just how it all worked out with um, uh, not the Magic, um, with uh, the Portland Trailblazers and uh, who the Pelicans was the, were in that uh, mix. Yeah, yeah, and so how how all that worked out, and that it was just really um, really confusing. But yeah, I think they played about eight games, and mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix Suns went undefeated and still did not make it. Yeah, uh, robbed. Which, absolutely robbed. Yeah. Devin Booker. Devin Booker is, or in my opinion, was the bubble MVP. I, I can't, they gave it. They gave like a, I think it was Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. He yes, got sir. it. But it was not, game time. Devin Booker deserved that man. Which you know, I'm a huge fan of Devin Booker, Kentucky guy, but uh, he definitely deserved that. But like I said, you know, the top eight teams went. Uh, it went pretty much as expected. You know, LeBron and the Lakers secured that one seed for the West. The Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo secured that one seed for the East, and all the other teams kind of fell in place. And we are now pretty much, we are one game away from having the NBA semifinals uh, finalized. We have the Game 7 between the OKC Thunder and Houston Rockets tonight, I believe. I think it's at like 6.30. It's tonight at 9. late night. Yes, sir. And that, will, uh, that game will decide who plays the, uh, the LA Lakers in the semifinals, who gets to take on LeBron and AD up there. But speaking of the Lakers, that's really that's been one of the bigger stories in the bubble so far is the Lakers and the Clippers and their battle for that one seed in the West as well as which team's going to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. LeBron and AD kind of were kind of went off to a rocky way in the bubble. Um, the, them and the Clippers played. I believe they split. If or I can't remember what they, it was like. Either Lakers won one game or they split in the bubble. I can't remember honestly. It's been it's been a wild off season, but. Uh, the Lake, the Lakers with AD and LeBron leading the way. There's been some off games with them, you know. If they, if uh, what's it, uh, Caruso and Kyle Kuzma, and all those shooters, KCP, yep. Deion Waiters. If they don't show up in the bubble, it's really hard for LeBron and AD to carry that team. It seemed. So there's been that kind of that kind of talk about how far can they go in the playoffs since their chemistry is kind of they kind of went off balance a bit in the bubble. They were they were great chemistry wise team in the regular season. I mean, I think it was like when uh, one of the Morris twins joined their team, he, there was like a viral video clip where he was like, oh, y'all are team team. Because like, their camaraderie and their brotherhood between that team was amazing. 
And so that's kind of fallen off a little bit in the bubble. But they had a short game against the Portland Trailblazers in game one of the first round of the playoffs. They ended up sweeping the rest of the series to win in five games. But now they're going to face either the Thunder or the Rockets, both teams that can definitely do some damage. So, Jameson, how are you feeling about the Lakers going in? Like, also, do you think the Clippers have a better shot at the finals than the Lakers right now? Uh, well, I want to I want to head off of the Lakers. You know, as much as I don't like the Lakers, you know, I'm just I'm, I've never liked LeBron James just for some reason. I just don't. I I guess it's because people compare him to Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Is he good? Yes. Is he great? Yes. Is he as good as Michael Jordan? No. Uh, you know that. Um, that controversy and that uh, question, is he the greatest of all time? And that, the answer is no. I mean, he's nowhere close uh, to the level of um, of Michael Jordan. And Stephen A. Smith put it uh, the best way. He said, he said, somebody had to pave the way for LeBron James. For Le- LeBron James. He, somebody had to pave the way for him uh, to, to make change and to – to develop the basketball game and to, to what we see it today, uh, and so they everybody says it's Michael Jordan who really paved the way from uh, LeBron James, so it's a lot easier for him. Um, but going back to the potential MVP of the bubble, you know, you could make the argument of Anthony Davis. That first round, that first round playoffs against uh, one of the best point guards in the league, uh, Damian Lillard. Anthony Davis just balled out. I mean, he was a grown man in the paint. I mean, he played hard. I mean, he played, in my opinion, he played so much better better than LeBron James. He's not the leader that LeBron is, but he is the player and plus more um, than uh, than uh, LeBron James was in that, that series. I'm not saying he's better than LeBron James, but Anthony Davis was hitting threes. I mean, just... He was all over the court. It was like, and and I was all Blazers. I mean, I was mm-hmm. full force Blazers, uh, and I, as much as I wanted them to win it, just because I mean they had to play their way in to get into playoffs, and so they were not even guaranteed a spot. Um, so it was it was so it was unbelievable to watch how good Anthony Davis was. You know, I've not been a big NBA fan all my life, but I mean, over this bubble, it's been unbelievable. It's so fun to watch. And Anthony Davis has really played some good basketball. I mean, really good basketball. Um, so, the winner of tonight's game, uh, the Thunder and the Rockets, it is a three to three split game. So it's going into Game Seven, um, and it's it's going to be interesting. We got the Houston Rockets who are playing a lot of small ball. They're they, you know they got Russell Westbrook, J- James Harden. Um, they're really playing really really good basketball, and and they lost. Uh, on on Monday night to to the OKC Thunder, uh, the the Thunder was uh, trying to you know they had to win to keep on uh, the series, um, and so Chris Paul played so so well uh, on Monday night. It was a total it was a score of one hundred four uh, to one hundred, so it was a very very close game, low scoring game, uh, but a really really close game. And so, but it's very interesting to me. Uh, actually, my roommate last night he told me. He said the Oklahoma City Thunder had a 0.2% chance of making the play, even making the playoffs this year uh, with Chris Paul. And so, I mean, taking the Rockets to Game 7, uh, winning on Monday night in their fashion and how they did it and just a guts, gutsy performance. Um, the Thunder, man, it's, I mean, I don't know. They're, they've got a lot of momentum going mm-hmm. into this game. 
Uh, the Houston Rockets, they're good. They're good. They're, there's no question about it. You've got James Harden just, I mean, drilling threes, I mean, out of nowhere. I mean, he reminds you a lot of Steph Curry and uh, pulling threes just out of nowhere. Uh, but So it's going to be tough, but um, it's going to be a really, really good game tonight. I'm super pumped to watch it. It's going to be mm-hmm. – I think it's going to go down to the final final minute of the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. So, and then the Lakers, man, I don't know. I don't I don't know. If if the Rockets win, I think the Rockets have a really, really, really good chance of um, beating the Lakers, the Thunder. They just got to keep playing. I mean, they're going to have to play hard if they if they win this game tonight. And then the, with the Lake playing the Lakers, they're gonna have to play really tough. That's a good basketball team. Uh, as much as I do not want them to win <laughs> at all, um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really yeah. exciting series. No, which wh- whichever way the ball bounces, mm-hmm. if it bounces towards the Rockets and they win tonight, it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a really really good series. And then if the Thunder wins tonight. It's gonna be it's gonna be just as good. It's amazing to see like where the Thunder like how the Thunder really got here at this point. You know, they're in game seven against the Houston Rockets. The Thunder I mean, like you said, coming into the season, they really did not have a crazy shot at making the playoffs or going somewhat far in them just because of that huge Paul George Paul George and Russell Westbrook trade that happened in the offseason with George going to the LA Clippers with Kawhi and Russell Westbrook teaming up with James Harden once again down in Houston. And so now, the, the, the back in the offseason, the Thunder were now run by Chris Paul, who a lot of people had said, like, you know, was aging a little bit. He wasn't the same guy as he, he once was back when he played for the, uh, the New Orleans Hornets back in, like, the old days and all that. But, you know, now they, the Thunder have really found their footing a bit. You know, Dennis Schroeder has been a solid playmaker. Shade Gilgis-Alexander, a guy from Kentucky who I've seen play, he is a rising star in this league. He is playing phenomenal. Chris Paul as well, a great veteran leader on this team, and Steven Adams, you know, he's been on the Thunder for forever. He's also a veteran leader. They are making their playoff push and making their presence known. And the Thunder, I, I'm, the Thunder have really made this, you know, a really good series. The Rockets, I would have said, were going to be the favorites heavy, coming into this series. Agree. You know, uh, I agree with you. This is, I believe, the five and the four seed playing. So it's one of the more evenly, evenly matched uh, of uh, matchups in the playoffs right now. And watching this this game seven tonight, I really it's so hard to make a prediction about this one because I really don't know what's going to go on. I think the Rockets definitely have a better shot at beating the Lakers if they can have their shooters and Westbrook. I agree. And uh, and Harden making shots because when they're off, they're off, and the Rockets just cannot seem to win whenever they're not hitting shots because they're they're either the league leader or one of the top league top teams in the league when it comes to three 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 point shooting percentage like out of their entire shots. But uh, they're not. They're one of the tops in making it. But they shoot a bunch of threes. You know, obviously with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they're taking a bunch of threes. Not much, many uh, mid-range shots. So it just comes down to what's uh, what's going to happen. I, if I had to put really money, I really think the Thunder are going to win tonight. They're carrying that momentum in from Game Six, and I think Gilgis Alexander is going to have a good game coming up. He needs to have a breakout game. He only had ten points back in Game Six, but I think uh, that's not going to carry over. He's definitely going to show up a little bit. At least maybe put up twenty at least. Um, Stephen Adams, Chris Paul. Uh, definitely going to work the boards and Chris Paul with the outside shooting and that veteran mentality. I really think the Thunder are going to take this. And uh, when it comes to the Lakers and the Clippers back at the uh, the main topic, um, it's such an even series. They've pretty much split all their games this season. Kawhi Leonard is seeking his LeBron territory. He wants to be one of the best players or claimed as the best player in the league. If Kawhi can somehow win the NBA Finals this year, that's going to be three finals trophies three finals MVPs most likely on three different teams since he won 
Finals MVP and the Finals back in 2014 with the San Antonio Spurs, and then of course last year with the Toronto Raptors. He's also going to try to deal with the LA Clippers this year. Well, so it's a. I think I think when it comes, it's going to be the, the Clippers and the Lakers in the Conference Finals, no doubt. And I think the big storyline when it comes to that series is going to be legacy. Whether Ka- Kawhi can kind of match up with LeBron with three NBA Finals, or if LeBron can finally break his streak of just losing NBA Finals since he's lost the last three he's played in, all to the all to the uh, the Golden State Warriors. If he can finally break that and bring a championship to his third team that'll really like cement him maybe not as like I mean obviously you're like he's not Michael Jordan territory but it's going to get him very high up there if he can win three titles for three different teams same with yeah. Kawhi though yeah well, I'm not I'm not disagreeing mm-hmm. disagreeing with you uh but you mentioned the uh, Clippers well the Clippers had a really tough series against the Dallas Mavericks nobody expected Luka Doncic um, uh, Porzingis I mean those two were the most gutsiest players I've seen in a really long time one of the best duos I've seen in a really long time and what I've I just enjoyed watching him but the Clippers matchup in round two is going to be against the Denver Nuggets and I'm not sure if y'all watched the game last night but the Denver Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray it was one of the best matchups I have seen. The best series between two players seriously, I've seen in a long time. Seriously. seriously. The N- Denver Nuggets came back from a 3-1 to one, uh, series deficit. Uh, deficit. Yeah. yeah, and uh, coming back winning four straight was unbelievable. Unbelievable what the Denver Nuggets did. And uh, Jamal Murray being the leading force uh, just was unbelievable. But last night's game, you're not going to believe the final score. 80 to 78. Mm-hmm. When, I think that might be the lowest score in the uh, NBA playoffs for sure this year. Yeah. Um, and it's, re- it's a really, really low score if you know basketball or anything. Uh, 80 to 78. That's just crazy to me. And so it came down to the bu- final final shot. Uh, uh, the uh, Utah Jazz had the ball at half court. They go in. Uh, they pass it to Donovan Mitchell. It gets stolen. Ball gets stolen. They run. Uh, so the Denver Nuggets takes it down, makes a layup. They should have kicked it out and just held the ball, but they shoot a layup and they miss it. Mm-hmm. And so the Utah Jazz takes it back. Had a chance for a really, really nice uh, three point, and it just rims out, and uh, that leaves the Denver Nuggets up um, eighty to seventy eight. Yeah, and and I want to chime in on this this play in particular because, like, I mean, like we said earlier, Mitchell and Murray, amazing series between the two. You know, this first between the first six games, excluding that game seven, Donovan Mitchell is averaging thirty nine points a game. Jamal Murray was averaging thirty four points a game. That's absolutely absurd, considering um, back in the regular season they were both averaging only around twenty points a game, twenty five around that. So that's absolutely amazing that they're averaging almost thirty five plus points a game between the two of them. And Jamal Murray, you know, in the fourth quarter could absolutely take over games. They were a little worse in this game seven. I don't know if it's just because you know they're both young players and this is a big game seven, big spotlight for them. But uh, Donovan Mitchell only had 22 points, and Jamal Murray only had 17. But speaking of that last play, when the ball got stolen from Donovan Mitchell, he just kind of sat back and pouted almost in the backcourt. He kind of hung back. He didn't follow the ball. He didn't follow the play back to the other other side of the the court. And he just kind of hung around the three-point line. Um, on their th- their side of the court, just waiting for the you know the layup to hopefully be missed and for them to hopefully kick it out to him, but that ended up not happening as the layup missed. Um, they grabbed the rebound and they kicked it out to I believe Mike Conley, who you know in the heat of the play he had four seconds left. His mental clock was ticking. He wasn't looking up. He didn't expect Donovan Mitchell to be sitting in the other end of the court waiting for a three, so he just kind of ran up to the uh, three point line and took it you know falling forward because of his momentum and you know the ball went in the rim and rimmed out and sadly uh, 
they lost that game. But Donovan Mitchell, man, come on. You've had an amazing series. That was a very sour way for him to end it. Uh, I love. I mean, I love watching him play. Even though he's a Louisville guy, he's a great player in this league. He is a budding star. He's going to do great in the next couple of years. But you know, I just, I just had to, I just had to call him out on that one. You know, you gotta, you gotta follow the play. That's, that's pretty much rule number one for any sport you play down to like, you know, the little league level. You gotta follow the play. You can't give up on the play because who knows what could have happened. Yeah. You know, he could have been down there at half court. They could have passed it to him at half court, and then he could have been the guy to take that last shot. Yeah. But no, he was just sitting there at the act, at the back, waving his arms up like, mm-hmm. "Yo, give me the ball. Do you not see me?" Which, of course. They're not going to see him. Yeah, no, I see that. I see that. But I also saw this amazing stat on this series. Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell had a combined points, had combined points Mm -hmm. to 475 points in one series. Seven seven games, 475 points they both put up. Mm -hmm. They averaged – I know Jamal Murray was averaging – 30, a rough, 34 I mean, they, a game. He had game about seven. he had about three. I think he had about three, two for sure, if not three, fifty point games. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable series, unbelievable. And what I respect most about Jamal Murray, after he won Game Seven in one of the t- closest games I've seen, he ran up to Donovan Mitchell and tapped him on the shoulder and gave him a hug. I'm not sure exactly what it uh, what the words. What words he used, but I mean, I can just only imagine. I mean, that is just much respect for your opponent, and uh, just how would that all worked out? I thought that was mm-hmm. really, really cool, and uh, much respect for uh, yeah. Jamal Murray. Well, let's, uh, yeah, t- totally crazy respect. But great series. Hopefully, we'll see a lot more in the future. Hopefully, this will become a great rivalry in the league. You know, just like, just like LeBron and KD, LeBron and Kawhi. You know, all those great rivalries we have in the NBA so far. Hopefully, that will become a good one in the next couple of years as they grow into more developed stars. But let's shift across to the other side of the bracket right now, going to the Eastern Conference. Hasn't been a whole lot of crazy stuff happening over there. Uh, the Boston Celtics now have a two-zero lead over the, the defending champ Toronto Raptors. Marcus, Marcus Smart is balling. Marcus Smart's killing it. Kemba Walker had a clutch shot last night. Cardiac Kemba in yep. that game. Um, but I want to really discuss the uh, the the one seed right now, the Milwaukee Bucks and their opponent, the Miami Heat, who vi- great victory against them in Game One, 115 to 104. The Heat prevailed. Jimmy Butler having one heck of a game as the leader of that team. He ended up dropping 40 points, tr- followed by Drogic, who had uh, 27 points for the Heat. And I remember back, like a long, t- long time ago, it feels back in the uh, back in the spring. I said when we were we were talking about like um, what teams we got to look out for in the playoff that might be a little under the radar. And I had the Miami Heat. I loved this team. Pat Riley led as the uh, the GM, I believe, of the Heat, and Eric Spoelstra, the head coach. They are a scrappy team. I really love the playmakers: Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, all future all-stars in my opinion Bam Adebayo by the way was pretty much robbed of a most improved player by I think Brendan Ingram Bam Adebayo should have won that <laughs> but anyway they they are a scrappy bunch they they swept the uh, the Pacers 4-0 in the first round and they are now 1-0 against the Bucks they have not lost in these playoffs 5-0 and and I, I mean, I still fully expect the Milwaukee Bucks to to walk away with the the victory when it comes to the series, whether they win it in five or four games, or maybe even take this to a game seven. I just think the Heat are a really dangerous team who could potentially knock the Bucks out again, like uh, like they were a couple of years, or I think just last year they were knocked out by the Celtics, and then there was the Celtics and the the Raptors in the conference finals. Fact check me on that; I might be wrong. But um, the Heat are definitely a team that that um that can do some damage. And Jameson, how do you, how do you feel about this? Because the Bucks, you know, the one seed, Giannis Antetokounmpo could be the MVP again this year, like he was last year. He already won the Defensive Player of the Year. 
Um, last year was a pretty big disappointment. They did not even reach the the uh, the finals and had a chance to compete for that championship because the Milwaukee Bucks are an amazing team right now. They're they're the one seed. Only lost 17 games this season. So do you think that he could really apply some pressure on here? Or how do you think the Bucks are going to go about this one? Yeah, see, I'm I'm not really too worried. I mean, they got Giannis, um, and they've got they've got him. You know, he's and just a baller. He mm-hmm. is just a baller, man. And um, and I'm looking to see who won the very first game of the Magic and the Bucks, and that it was, was the Magic. The magic. Yeah. So I mean, it's so this this um, this exact same thing happening round one. They kind of slept, you know. They kind of got lazy, and um, they let the game get away from them. So, one fifteen to one hundred four, Miami Heat wins uh, the game one of round two. Uh, so, am I worried? Nah, I'm not really worried. They've got Giannis. The exact same thing happened with the Magic, and then they were going a four game mm-hmm. win streak, winning the series. So, I'm not too I'm not too worried about uh, the Bucks. They're playing really good basketball. I think they just get too confident, or they're just. They don't play as hard. It's the game one. You, you know, you've got a long series ahead yeah. of you. It's giving them um, false hope, a little yeah. bit of false hope. Yeah. Up there. So, yeah. Um, so I think I think the Bucks are going to be perfectly fine. I don't think the Heat has. I mean, the, Jimmy Butler's phenomenal player. I think there's going to be some close games, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be that close. And I think that the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they could they could go a four run, uh, four run win streak. You know, and I mean the Lakers lost the first game. Look yeah. what happened. Four games in a row. Uh, so it's one game. You got mm-hmm. six more to play at least. Uh, or at most, um, yeah. and so um, four games, four more games at least. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. It's I think the Bucks are going to are going to take this one uh, for sure. Yeah, still same for me. I think the Bucks are going to yeah. win this series. I, I do. I fully believe the Heat can at least win one more game, if not two more games, force the game seven. I think the Heat are a very good basketball team, and they're really close to having a complete team that can really compete. For, uh, conference finals or conference finals appearances and possibly championships they just maybe need to add one more like really good star player they have a bunch of great guys you know jimmy butler's a top 20 player in this league easily bam Adebayo, tyler hero um a lot of their guys uh they're they're solid players solid b players so they're definitely a built team they're really scrappy they don't give up in any games that's kind of like you know eric spolstra really preaches that pat riley the same they never give up on games they're very hard-headed very uh tough-minded they do not give up and so i fully expect them to get at least one more victory in this series i don't think they're gonna just get walked over like the uh the orlando magic did to the bucks what the portland trailblazers did to the uh the lakers both of the one seeds when they lost their first game so it's gonna be interesting i think the bucks are gonna prevail and then they'll either face the uh the Celtics or the Raptors in the conference finals, looking like the Celtics right now with the yeah. 2-0 lead. But the Raptors, you know, they can still come back. Yeah, uh, the Raptors, they've got Kyle Lowry. Uh, he's, just, he's just a great, great basketball player. Um, so, I mean, I'm, am I too worried about it? No, if I'm the Raptors, I mean you just got to play, play well in Game Three. Then you're making a if you're, then you're gonna make it a game. If you lose, uh, when is the next game? Let's take a look. Uh, the next game is going to be. Um, I have no idea. I'm taking this. a look at it tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow at six thirty. Uh, so the Raptors and the Celtics tomorrow at six thirty. And so the Raptors got to play. That Kyle Lowry's going to have to play. I mean, he's going to have to make a big. He's going to have to take leadership of that team, and he's just going to have to play hard basketball. If they can win Game Three, then you're going to make it. Uh, you know, uh, reachable to win um, the uh, the series. But if you let Game Three slip away and it's three zero, I mean, that's tough to come back from. Is it possible? Yes, anything's possible. Um, but I mean, it's going to be really, really tough. Uh, and the way that Marcus Smart is playing, uh, and those that Boston Celtics team, I d- I didn't even realize how good they were until I watched them. I mean, Marcus Smart just, I mean, phenomenal man, and just really playing really, really good basketball. I mean, they've got a really good shot shot of um, 
even reaching the finals and uh, being a contender for the finals. So uh, the Raptors going to have to play well, uh, but Celtics, all they got to do is just keep playing how they're playing. And um, you know, I think it's. I mean, it's two O is serious, uh, yeah. but three O's. I mean, it's it's way worse. Yeah, two O's not defeatable. <laughs> three O's almost impossible yeah, to come back from. So definitely, that's for sure. That. That's for sure. Yeah. So guys, we are going to end up taking. A, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we are going to dive right into uh, you know our favorite topic, the NFL and football in general. Tons of offseason moves that happened while we were gone, and I know all of you guys have heard about them, but me and Jameson have not had a chance to talk about them. So we're going to run down a few of the uh, the offseason moves moves that happened. You know. T- get opinions on Tom Brady, uh, DeAndre Hopkins moves, all the, in the NFL draft, and then you know we have, we have some fun stuff planned for the rest of the show. So be sure to stay tuned and listen. Again, we are live right now on Radio FX. Just go to your app store, down the Radio FX app, and look up XLR Atlanta University Radio, and you'll be listening to us. Make sure you tell your friends to do so as well. And if you're not able to catch this entire show, um, we will be posting on Spotify, Apple, Play, Apple, po- bleh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play Podcasts. After the show is done, just look for us on your favorite uh, podcast listener of those three tonight, right around 7 or 8 p.m., and we'll be out there. So, yeah, we're just going to play a quick song. We'll be right back with all the NFL news that we want to talk about. And we are back here at Off the Bench on XLR Atlanta University Radio. Uh, I'm sure, I'm glad you guys are listening. It's a great time being back in the station, and I hope you are enjoying the show. We just had a great talk about, you know, the NBA bubble and the NBA playoffs and, you know, where it's going to go. But now we're going to switch to, uh, you know, one of our favorite topics we always like to discuss, and that's the, that's, that's the great American sport of football. And, you know, we're going to go to the NFL right now because, you know, we got college football and NFL football just, just a few weeks away, college football this weekend, and the NFL starts uh, this, not this Thursday, but next Thursday with the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs playing on Thursday night football. Jameson, I'm sure you're excited. You're Houston Texans. You're Deshaun Watson against the defending champs. So how how you feel about that one? You know, just just a week and a half away. Well, I just I don't know what's going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't know how good the Texans are going to be this year. Um, and you really don't know until you get to the first couple of weeks. That's really whenever you can see how good these teams are. You know, you can always predict how good teams are going to be, um, but you you're not going to know until you see them play. Um, just like last year with the Cleveland Browns, everybody thought they were going to be. Oh, they thought they were Super Bowl running, um, and look where they ended up. So you just don't know. I mean, I've seen the Patriots come out really, really flat after they win the Super Bowl, and uh, just what they got their head on a high horse, and I uh, think they can just do whatever they want to. But uh, I, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, the Chiefs just got their Super Bowl rings yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got his ring. Uh, his so, girlfriend got his ring too. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, so uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, they're going to be motivated. They're going to want to win another one. And they they're they're going to be really really good, just like they were last year. Clearly, so, the favorites this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, far. Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes can stay healthy, um, then uh, you know they're going to be really good. Uh, their defense. I think their defense needs to step up just a little bit. Their offense is really high power high powering, but uh, their defense uh, needs to just build, 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 build. And that's that's the same with every team. Every defense yeah, needs to be, keep building. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be really really fun to watch, and uh, I'm excited. Now speaking of those Houston Texans, they're uh, you know we, like we said before the break, me and Jameson, we haven't really had a ton of time to talk over the off season. You know, just a few text messages now and there when the NFL move happened. But uh, I got a couple messages from you when this happened. But I, I know you what you're going through. <laughs> Big, pretty much the biggest, maybe maybe the Tom Brady to Buccaneers might have been the biggest spoil of the entire 
uh, NFL offseason. But Jameson, I have to hear what you have to say right now because I'm sure you're, you're you're just cooking right now about the DeAndre Hopkins trade to Arizona in exchange for what was it a second round pick and David Johnson or maybe even I can't remember what exactly that was. But how are you feeling about that? Because I was I mean I'm not even a fan of the Houston Texans. I could give two craps about what they do because they're pretty much the opposite end of the NFL compared to where I'm at with my Dallas Cowboys. But how are you feeling really about that trade? It shocked me. And I'm sure it shocked you even more. Pretty much out of nowhere, it seemed. Well, way back when, uh, whenever we were during full quarantine of COVID, uh, whenever we got sent home, this was about the first, second, or maybe third week. It was really early in the quarantine after we got sent yeah. home. Uh, I was playing golf at, uh, at a course uh, back home. And... Um, and so I was playing, and I, I remember out where I was. I was on the eleventh. Um, I was on the eleventh hole, mm-hmm. and you know, I was, I, I started getting my phone. You know, I was about to hit, and my phone just starts buzzing, 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 buzzing. I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, geez, I th- and, and nobody was calling me. It's got different like sounds and vibrations uh, whenever, uh, whenever somebody calls or notifications pop up, and I, it was just like just straight like, like just straight like notifications, uh, and so. I was sitting there. I'm like, "What in the world is going on?" So I didn't really check my phone. Like I just kind of glanced at it just to see kind of what it was. And it was like Ian Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got his Twitter Twitter notifications uh, sent straight to my like lock screen, and it was like talks are being. Uh, there's been talks uh, about uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins potentially getting um, traded. There just, I mean, it looked it looked to me like from reading his post, it looked to me like it was uh, just uh, just. You know, speculation. Mm-hmm. Well, then about ten minutes later, uh, I get a text from you, Hayden, and you're like, "What is going? I mean, what do you, what do you have thought?" I'm like, "What's going on?" And uh, he's like, "You're like DeAndre Hopkins." I was like, "The only thing I know of is there's been talks. I didn't know if it was actual official." Well, then I go on Google and I'm like, "DeAndre Hopkins," and it was like blowing up. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins traded to Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm like, what in the world? And I was frustrated. I mean, it really impacted. I mean, not impacted me, but it was, I mean, frustrating. I mean, one of the arguably the best wide receiver in the game right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's not the best, he's like two, number two. I mean, one of the, the best wide receiver, I mean, you could ever ask for. Uh, I mean, you got Deshaun Watson. He's just going to be starting to get in, get into his prime. And, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what is going on in the locker room. I mean, it's not just your playmaking ability. It's, that's not the only thing that goes into uh, making trades in the NFL. It's how well do you get along with your teammates. Uh, that's got a lot to do with it. It doesn't matter how good you are as a player, but if you cannot get along with your teammates, you're causing ruckus in the locker room and stuff like that. I mean, you see it, you see it all the time. Uh, then they're not going to mm-hmm. keep you. Uh, so I'm not sure what was going on on that end. Um, and I'm not sure uh, if it had something to do with Deshaun Watson, um, but outside looking in, not being um, uh, what's his name, uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien, uh, yeah, Bill O'Brien, uh, not being Bill O'Brien or not being the owner, everything like that. Looking on the outside, you're thinking that is the craziest and the most that is the worst move I've ever, the worst trade in history. I mean. Thinking about, that, I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, that's that's what just the casual Texans fan would think. What are you thinking? Why would you trade him? Why, why, why? I mean, those are all kinds of questions are going to pop up in your head. Yeah, I got him. David Johnson, and, second a twenty twenty second round pick and a twenty twenty one fourth round pick, and then as well uh, as just sending away DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, they're like the trade initially shocked me like crazy. I was like, why? And then you know, all the memes came in immediately about how awful Bill O'Brien is as a GM and as a head coach and pretty much everything. 
So, I mean, that was, of course, funny to look through. And um, But just this trade, like, and then, like, the speculation later came out about how he was causing a ruckus in the locker room, like you just yeah. said. And there was some weird, you know, talks between him and Bill O'Brien, some arguments that happened. So that's kind of why he got shipped out, it seems. I think he went to a very good place in Arizona. I think that was pretty worth it. I don't think the return the Texans got was fairly worth it. David yeah. Johnson's kind of... You know, he he was talked about a few, like back in 2016 as being like this next next big guy, this next great running back. He's never shown about that, shown up like that. He's gotten injured a bunch over the last couple of years. Kenyon Drake pretty much took his spot last year when he came over from Miami. So I don't even know how much how much David Johnson's going to be used in the Texans' offense. Really, I think I mean it's just I don't really know how, what's going to happen. Deshaun Watson's obviously still the heart of that team. Um, Receiver-wise, they picked up Randall Cobb, which is nowhere near an adequate replacement for DeAndre Hopkins. So the Texans' offense is going to be very surprising next year. Uh, I'm definitely going to be watching. I get Deshaun Deshaun Watson as my fantasy quarterback, and I got DeAndre Hopkins on my wide receiver line. So this trade kind of affected me just a teeny bit. Yeah. But I'm going to be obviously I'm going to be watching because the Texans' offense has to. I mean, it's got to be star-studded with uh, Deshaun Watson. He's got to put up a bunch of numbers if that's going to. They're going to be any kind of effective. Luckily, they're in one of the worst divisions with the. in the AFC South, you know, the Colts with Phillip Rivers, they're kind of rebuilding. Who knows what's going to happen there? The Titans, you know, they made the AFC Championship, but I don't think they're, they're an amazing team. Derrick Henry, he's not going to be as great as he was last year this season. Ryan Tannehill, I believe, he's going to regress just a tad. You know, it was, just a, it was a magical season for them. I fully expect them to go back to 9-7 and seven or 10-6 um, or and six at the best for them. But, yeah, that I mean, dude, honestly, that was just a crazy <laughs> turn of events when it happened. Yeah. And it, Kyler Murray with the... DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald down there in Arizona, they're going to be yeah. a very good team down in the NFC yeah. West. With the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Rams, that's pretty much one of the best divisions in football right now. And I'd feel, I would not be surprised if I see three teams come out of that division for the NFC playoffs. I mean, now that we have three wildcard teams now. So, I, two, I mean, if, if the, uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals or the 49ers and the Cardinals or whatever combination, I, guarantee, I fully expect two teams to make it out of that conference. The other one, I mean... Dude, even just looking at the NFC playoffs, I have no idea where teams are coming from because there's seven spots and there's easily 12 of the 16 teams could easily compete for the playoffs for this year. And yeah, I mean, I'm I was about to mention Kyler Murray. I mean, he's the he's for sure, and the Arizona Cardinals are for sure the big winner of this trade. I mean, mm-hmm. that's by a long shot, easily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm 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 excited. You know, I'm a Kyler Murray fan. I just liked what he did at Oklahoma. I liked how he played. Uh, he he won the um uh, the Heisman correct is that right he won the Heisman was that right um, I think I want to say he did I yes I think I yes think, yeah. he went after Baker Mayfield uh, I'm, let's look it I up. actually don't know about um, so like. but I'm just I'm really really excited to see what Kyler Murray does um, he did he won 2018 yeah he uh, I thought me. I thought so and it was so, Mayfield then him then, and then Burrow uh, no 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 uh, Lamar where is Lamar Lamar won 2016 oh okay, okay. With Louisville yeah okay um so I'm excited I think Kyler Murray is a great playmaker um I think he needed some more playmakers around him he's got Larry Fitzgerald so uh I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a, a really good offense and I mean just the Houston Texans going back to them I mean their their offense struggled last year um you know they just could not you know, everybody. All the eyes were on DeAndre Hopkins, and then they had Will Fuller get hurt. I mean, just a lot of injuries, and then their offensive line. I know they picked up a new offensive lineman. Um, that's going to be a big playmaker for them. But um, really, they just really going to need to get that offense going. They've got a pretty good defense. JJ Watt, the leading defense, um, the the leader. Uh, for that defense, so they're just going to need to get their defense rolling again, um, and then their offense. Man, they've they've got a lot a lot of work to do, and uh, I mean, they I think they've got a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I think 
Uh, he's built for for things like this, and um, you know he's built for adversity. So I'm really excited to see um, you know DeAndre Hopkins. You know I wish him the best of luck. Obviously it sucks. You know just uh, it's it's really frustrating as a Texans fan. Uh, but you know it's, it's NFL is a business. Uh, they don't care. Um, they don't care about fans. They care about making money, and so uh, it's a business. And uh, what you going to do about it? You know. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Um, but I think I think the Texans will be all right. I, I mean, it yeah. was, I mean, it's sometimes I mean, honestly, some games it, 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 they acted like DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins wasn't there. I mean, just just because I mean, they probably they had safeties. I mean, over top of him every single play, mm-hmm. opening which is going to hurt them, but kind of help them as well uh, because they, they opened up the a whole other side of the field. You know, just getting one on ones with Will Fuller. With Will Fuller hurt for part of the season, you know, they could just yeah. double DeAndre Hopkins and I don't even know who your number three receiver oh, yeah. it was. Uh, for the, I, I know his name if I heard it, but it's just some dude. Yeah. You know, some dude. So interesting. Now, Jameson, you had you had the Texans in your preseason very early rankings to make the AFC Championship game. You want kind of you had them making the championship game when we did our preseason early predictions way back in February after the Super Bowl. Does that kind of affect it, or are you still going to you ride or die with this team right now? Uh, what, do, what do you think, they're, like, with this trade, what do you think they're going to really finish the season as? Uh, there's there's just no telling. I mean, it's NFL is just one of the most unpredicted mm-hmm. sporting anything I've ever seen in my life. You know, I could, I mean, it's, I mean, the best example I can give is just the Patriots. I mean, Going into last year's season, I mean, everyone thought the Patriots were just going to be unbelievable, and uh, they they just weren't. They they could not make anything happen, and so you just really cannot predict predict something like nobody nobody predicted the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. So no one predicted the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll give uh, that. So, they I had like so, a less than one percent chance of making it in the preseason. And so it's nobody. Nobody. I mean, what if what if this exact same thing happens with uh, the Texans? You know, mm-hmm. what big name wide receivers did the 49ers have whenever they they were making their run? I yeah, mean, nobody. really, nobody. They, ran, they worked on the run game. Yeah, and so I mean, who knows? I mean, the Jets could do it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we. You know, the Browns could do it. Nobody knows. Um, they just might get on just a weird tear, um, so I'm I'm gonna stick with them. I mean, okay. you know who knows, you know. So now the other big offseason news we had was Tom Brady, obviously. And I like to get you know just a little quick little quick talk on this. I'll t- I'll admit I took the L, or we both kind of did. You said he was staying in New England. You were very adamant. You said on that. you said potentially. You said potentially. I I remember something about you saying about him going to the Bucks. Did you not say that? I've I, I re-listened to that show prior to the show just you mm-hmm. know to get the facts straight. You were hard headed on he's staying in New yeah. England. He's going to the Super Bowl and he's winning the darn Super Bowl with the Patriots this season. Um, obviously that's not going to happen. I'm obviously stubborn as you can tell. <laughs> but um no I remember what I had said was um with the with the Buccaneers there was one show we did where about. 30 minutes before the show, the Buccaneers, the, the there was a news report that the Buccaneers were going to apparently put like all their cards on the table when going after Tom Brady. And so I speculated a little bit about it. I was like, I don't know how well Tom Brady would fit in with the Buccaneers because obviously I was like, they're going all in. And I was like, I don't really think that's the candidate. Pretty much the whole offseason, I was really set on him going to either the Chargers or the Colts, 
which I also said either Tom Brady or Philip Rivers was going to the Colts. So I think I, I got that but right. But you didn't a say bit. anything about Buccaneers I, or anything? I talked about the Buccaneers, about him going to the Buccaneers. Uh-huh. I just didn't think that was. Yeah. The, I, no, I, I, I was see like, that. he okay. could. There's yeah. a shot at it. I just didn't think that the Buccaneers' offense was really what was going to fit him very well. I figured the Colts with the good offensive line run game was going to fit him well. I did not expect Tom Brady to go to a pass happy offense with no running game and an awful low line. That's not what I thought, but that's ended up what happening, and Gronk followed him there. So now they have a very great receiving core. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, both top, almost top 10 receivers in this league right now, both put up over 1,000 yards last season, as well as adding Gronkowski, who's a year removed from football. <laughs> but who knows? I have no, I'm so excited. I don't expect Gronkowski to be a – he's not going to be Kelsey or Kittle level or like the Gronkowski he used to be, but I fully – I think he could, he could have a good season, you know, three, 400, 500 yards maybe receiving, you know, six, seven touchdowns. Who knows how he's going to do? But, you know, just the chemistry be- between him and Brady is going to be great down there in Tampa Bay. And so I'll take the W and the L in the Tom Brady situation. I said he was going to leave. Uh, he didn't. They didn't go to the place I uh, thought he was, but they definitely went to a place I speculated about. And I also, you know, last year I said that the Buccaneers were going to be a team I thought were going to make major improvements over the offseason and potentially be a playoff contender come the 2020 season. And that was before I even had a thought in my mind about Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. So I'll give myself a little pat on the back for that one as well. Which uh, we'll get to and, that one a little later in the show. You as know, well. I'm really excited about the Buccaneers too because I'm excited to see Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard. They're mm-hmm. gonna. Uh, there's been a lot of talks how they're going to use a lot of Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard, uh, potentially moving Howard like just straight tight end. Maybe use Rob Gronkowski as like a small receiver. Obviously mm-hmm. not physically, not but just phys- like a <laughs> like a just kind of <laughs> like an inside re- slot receiver or something like that. Um, and so I'm really excited to see. I think this is right up Tom Brady's alley. It's a new challenge. I mean, you know, Tom Brady's been working his tail off. You know, we there was an article come out. He got in trouble for uh, practicing during quarantine, like whenever you're supposed to be quarantining, you're not mm-hmm. allowed to be in public places. Uh, the whatever the security people came up to him and uh, told him to leave or whatever. So you know, he's kicking his tail. You know, he's working hard, and he's got Mike Williams, uh, Mike Williams, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Evans. Um, he's going to have um, Chris Tyler, Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin, uh, Scotty Miller. Uh, not really. No idea who that yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm super, super excited to see what Ronald Jones, uh, LaShawn McCoy. Everybody knows LaShawn. He played at uh, the Seahawks, right? Was that right? Or he McCoy, was with. Um, he's been all around the league. Yeah, right? he, he was has. with the Eagles for most of his yeah, career. That's right. That's he right. He was at McCoy, the Bills okay. two seasons ago, and last year. He was either with the Bills or the Chiefs the last two seasons. He flip flopped between those two teams at some point, but yeah, but yeah, he's been all over the place. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited. I think this is right up Tom Brady's alley. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, not this is not pertaining to like actual football talk, but I I, I think we might me and my dad we might go to the uh, Panthers and Buccaneers game, Ooh. which that's gonna be pretty exciting. That's gonna be my first NFL game. So. When's that game at? Are they gonna have? Uh, I don't. Fans know. There? We're not sure. I'm not, we're not sure. We're, Potentially, we'll potentially go. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be something really, really cool to watch. Um, so I mean, see the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but um, you know, I'm really excited to see what the Buccaneers do. But it's I mean, pre- everybody predicted the Browns to be good. How can are we going to predict the? I mean, everybody's predicting the Bucks going to be good. So are they going to get um, <laughs> six I mean, and ten? Seriously. You know? uh, so I mean, you you hate to say it, but I mean that's just how the NFL falls. And nothing against the NFL. It's just there's so many great athletes, and it's, you mm-hmm. don't know where they're going to come from. You know, the 49ers, I think they're going to slump this year. I think they're going to be – could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Just just how – just not really statistics because it's not proven, but just how, like, 
years fall, and mm-hmm. I mean, really, really good one season, really, really bad the next, and so you just can't predict that. Um, yeah. So I think the 49ers are going to be one of those teams, but I mean, who am I to say that? You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> really pumped to see uh, the Buccaneers there. Yeah, it's like it's such a flip flop league. That's I love the NFL how it's so even like that, and uh, teams fluctuate greater or less. You know, the 49ers, they were they were pretty good one year, then they go four and ten. When they're like four and twelve when Garoppolo got hurt, and then the Super Bowl, but, and now who knows what they're going to be this year. I I see them as like the Rams did the previous year. You know, NFC West team makes Super Bowl loses, they slim down to nine and seven. I could see the uh, the Niners going nine and seven, eight and eight, ten and six. You know, in that little mid range, a wild card team potentially, maybe missing out on the playoffs. But uh, the seven team playoff format that got added definitely is going to add some some juice to the postseason. Uh, I, I, we talked or I talked about that a little bit as a specul- speculatory thing. Uh, it was the episode, Jameson, when you were gone at that conference, I believe, oh, okay. and I was on my own, and I talked a little bit about the CBA and the Jaguars going to London and the CBA allowing 17 playoffs or 17 playoffs, a 17 game schedule, which I think the 17 game schedule has been finalized. It just won't be for it'll be next year, I believe. That's going to start. So huge, huge development. Is that NFL. is that more than what they usually than the, what they usually play, or is it's that sixteen less? now? Oh, okay. They okay, do. There's okay. there's seventeen weeks, sixteen games, and each team gets one bye week. It'll only one. You sh- it's yeah, only one bye week. They only get one bye really? week. But the new one, the new CBA now, instead of four preseason preseason games, they're only going to have two, and they're going to have a seventeen game schedule. I believe it's. I I don't remember if it's going to be an eighteen or nineteen week season with either one bye or two bye weeks. I can't remember exactly how they're going to fix. Sh- fix that around but uh that's gonna be what they're doing there's 17 games you know one extra game for per team uh i don't know what's interesting is with that addition you know records are going to be broken left and right for season totals you know most yardage this season most running backs passing yard that's gonna be broken just with the extra game so i wonder if they're going to divide it you know in the history books kind of uh you know 16 games nfl 17 game nfl who knows how that's going to go but that the CBA talk was a big thing that happens, and like you know, just this off season, you know, we haven't been able to talk too much. And Tom Brady and Deshaun uh, Deshaun Watson were really the big moves. Um, none of those, really, you know, as y'all know on the show, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Jamison hates the Cowboys, so um, that's that's another thing we looked at. Cowboy, <laughs> I mean, I thought this other Cowboys had a great off season, dude. Uh, poss- not one of the, maybe not one of the best, but they were up there. You know, the Ravens also had a great draft, a great off season as well. So, like you've said about this season being unpredictable, I really don't know. I could go off right now. I can and- tell you one thing: the Cowboys are not going to be one of those unpredicted successes. <laughs> they, they I'm taking shots, and they're coming early, baby. <laughs> they, were, they were in 2016. I had um, uh, we'll get we'll get into this after our break. We're coming up, but uh, I have them. I had them down last year as a team that missed the playoffs. It's going to make the playoffs. I firmly believe that this year, and we'll get into that. You're and, talking and, about the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah, oh, of course, no. and I fully believe that. Uh, I mean, you you can't even deny the offseason moves they made this this year. You know, C.D. Lamb in the draft that was just phenomenal. Yeah, move. that was Trayvon Diggs a... in the second round. They had one of the best first two rounds of any uh, NFL team. Everson Griffith, maybe Earl Thomas, if you know the cards fall right and Jerry Jones can get his hand out of his pocket um, and maybe give him some money. But Everson Griffith, great defensive end. Uh, Gerald McCoy as well, great pickup as a veteran defensive tackle. But you know, sadly he. Uh, he got hurt. He's out for the season, so that's a big blow to the Cowboys' defensive line. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get into all those you know predictions that we talked about. I already said Jameson, you know, he had the Texans in the AFC Championship game. We're gonna get to that in our next segment because I think that's gonna be a fun thing looking back. You know, that was back in February after the Super Bowl. We did our way too early Super Bowl predictions and kind of playoff predictions. So we're gonna take a little look see at that and see you know if we kind of want to change our feelings a little bit. 
But uh, we're going to go into a little break right here, a little, little predetermined, but I think this is a good stopping point for us. So we're going to go into another break real quick, and be sure to come back. We still have another hour of this show, so plenty of sports to talk about here on XLR, Atlanta University Radio, and Off the Bench. Again, if you are not following us on social media, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Off the Bench XLR. You can see all post quotes and news of the show. And as well, if you're not here to catch the entire show, please go on to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Search up Off the Bench, and you will find us. We're the, the gray, white, and green logo. Off the Bench Sports Radio is our title. So yes, please go find it. Just search up Off the Bench on your favorite podcast platform. But we'll be right back to you after this break, and we'll be talking more NFL. And we are back here at Off the Bench, XLR, Atlanta University Radio. My name is Hayden Joyner, as always, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jamison Hartso. And, you know, we were just talking about uh, the offseason moves, Tom Brady and Andre Hopkins, those moves, and how, you know, they were affecting stuff. And what they kind of affected a lot was our uh, our, our way-too-early predictions. Because if you don't remember, after the Super Bowl last year, I think it was the episode after the Super Bowl, me and Jameson had the, you know, the brilliant idea of you know, looking at the NFL landscape and seeing who do we think is going to make the Super Bowl in 2020 and 2021, which is this upcoming season, as well what playoff teams that missed that playoffs last year that could potentially make it this upcoming season. So we're going to kind of dive into um, those predictions last year and just see, you know, with the draft and with free agency and all these offseason moves, do we really do we want to stick with those? Or do we want to change them? I'd say if we're open to changing them, we can change our picks. You know, we're, we're, we're one week from the season. Next show, we're going to be one day before the season starts. So I'd say if, if you want to change your Super Bowl prediction, Jameson, I'm positive you probably want to change yours. But if you want to change your Super Bowl prediction, feel free to. I'll make a graphic, stick it on Instagram, and we'll call it a day. What is, uh, but, what is um, my prediction? Um, Jameson, you actually, you actually gave us an NFC and AFC championship prediction as well as the Super Bowl prediction. I only gave the Super Bowl, but you, you were going in-depth there. You had the Packers and the Seahawks making the NFC championship and the Texans and Patriots making the AFC championship with it being a Seahawks-Patriots Super Bowl and the Patriots winning it all with Tom Brady. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna think here that there's gonna be some major changes in this department. Mine, um, I didn't make championship games, but I'm 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 kind of good with my predictions still. Uh, I want to. How do you feel? You know, Patriots we'll keep out of it. NFC. I'm gonna keep the Packers. Yeah, I think that's, that's still a, still a good I'm shot. Keep, I'm gonna keep the Packers, but I'm gonna drop the Seahawks. Ooh. Buccaneers. 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 Sure. Uh, I'm not I'm not going I'm not ready to make that pick right this minute. Mm-hmm. Then I'm taking the Texans, baby, and then I'm gonna take the Chiefs in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win it. So Bucks versus I'm Texans. Gonna go, I'm gonna go Chiefs and the Bucks. Chiefs and the Bucks. All right. I mean that that's not far off. I feel like that that's a safe bet. You know, this upcoming season, I feel like a ton. The of long people. shot. The long shot is gonna be the Texans. Yeah, for sure. The Texans going even to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. My prediction, if y'all remember, was the Seahawks and the Ravens. That was that was my choice. Uh, I, I'm still going to stick by that. I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have built a pretty good team right now. Um, they obviously, you know, they had some. They had Greg Olson. They added, which we covered in the show last year, as well as Jamal Adams. They added just a couple weeks ago after he finally demanded demanded to be traded from the New York Jets after what seems to be like two years worth of. Uh, Worth of controversy there. So he's finally out of there. He's with the Seahawks. They had a great defensive player after they lost Earl Thomas years ago. And he went to the Ravens. And now he's Earl Thomas is a free agent, as we all know. 
But the Ravens, speaking of, they, for my Super Bowl prediction, I'm still sticking with them as well. You know, Calais Campbell, the defensive end from Jacksonville, they added him in free agency. Great addition there. J.K. Dobbins, that running back from Ohio State, got him in the draft, I think second round. And with their first round pick, got linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU. Great pick as well. I think he's a stud. J.K. Dobbins as well is going to add with Mark Ingram in that backfield. They're just going to give him more, you know, more offensive firepower, more punch to that offense, which was already the best in the league or one of the best in the league last year. As well, the Ravens have the, the number one the number one ranked easiest schedule in the league they play like i know they play the nfc east which is probably the worst division of football with the uh with the giants and redskins occupying like five wins every season between the two of them so that's like an easy win you know a couple easy wins there so the ravens and the seahawks i'm still sticking with that for my super bowl prediction i have no issues with that one jameson obviously had a big shakeup in there but then shifting down we had our playoff teams that we noted and jameson you had the cardinals as well which we've already kind of dived into with the andre hopkins and kyler murray and company there they can definitely make a push especially with the 17 playoff is there any other teams you wanted to you know to to point out that might have missed the playoffs last year that are going to potentially make them this year, you know, with this crazy NFL that we always have. Well, I stand I stand by the Buccaneers. Um, the Buccaneers are for sure going to make it, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that um, who who else did not make it? The Rams. I think the Rams might have a shot. Have a shot now. I'm, that's a long shot for me, uh, but I think for sure the Cardinals and the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the Giants make the playoffs. Heck no! Um, they were like what? They were like four and twelve last year. The, the Eagles made it from the East. Eagles right? made it yeah. from the East. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think that um, that the uh, Buccaneers and uh, the Rams are going to be in the Cardinals. Buccaneers, mm-hmm. Ram, Rams, long shot. Uh, but I for sure think the Buccaneers and the Cardinals just with their new. Uh, I mean, power and just explosiveness with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I think they've got a really good shot. Yeah, the Buccaneers, you know, they flip gears this offseason crazy. You know, like Gronkowski and Brady adding in, coming into that offense, crazy. Just, just you know, flipping the tables, turning the tables I mean, that around. takes them from a 79 to an 89. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, I don't know. Their Madden, rating, their Madden ranking is probably crazy high right now. But I said last year, I had the Buccaneers in my little list, too. And obviously, this was in February. This was before the... Um, the Tom Brady trade, or even before I speculated about the Tom Brady trade, but I said last year I was like, I really the Buccaneers have a great offense. I mean, they were number, they were I don't know if they were number one. Let me see, they were number one in passing last year, the number one passing offense in the NFL, the number three total offense in the NFL when it comes to yardage. They were putting up 398 yards a game, almost 400 yards, only tra- only trailing the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to total yardage in the offense. But, I mean, I was saying the Buccaneers had a crazy good offense last year. They've had a great passing offense under Jameis Winston for the last couple years. Jameis Winston put up 5,100 yards passing last year. It's just their running game's been crazy bad. Their offensive line has not been amazing. Uh, their defense was not spectacular last year at all, and obviously Jameis Winston throwing like 30 picks a season has caused a big issue for them. But with him leaving and Tom Brady coming in, um, they're, I mean, I think they're keen to make a playoff. I think every per, every person who follows the NFL has said they're keen to make the playoffs this year. It's just it's just outrageous to think a Tom Brady-led team cannot make the playoffs. They've made it, like, the, obviously the Patriots have been insane the last two decades. And with this final switch-up of Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, I, I can I totally see them making it out of the NFC South, along with the, uh, the Saints. I think those are the two teams really beat there. The Falcons, you know, they've made some moves. They can make some pushes. And the, the Panthers as well, they, they, they might spoil a few teams on the stretch, but both of those teams 
don't really have a chance when it compares to the two t- front runners in the Saints and the Buccaneers. So Buccaneers, crazy good. Again, we already touched on the Cardinals a little bit. I think the Cardinals are going to make a playoff push at least. There's seven teams in the playoffs. They can make that seven seat easy if they just go nine and seven, maybe eight and eight in the NFC. Who knows how it's going to be? There's so I mean, dude, there's so many great teams in the NFC. There's so many. I can name off at least two or three per division that can make the the, the playoffs, but obviously they can't occupy all those spaces. Only seven. It's going to be a crazy run to the finish for the NFC. AFC, I don't know crazy much when it comes to that um there's obviously a ton of great teams in the afc but as if, it, if i could list off seven phenomenal ones it's gonna be tough for me i could definitely list off the top three you know ravens texans chiefs um you know all those guys they're they're spectacular denver denver as well they're a team i'd mentioned as well making the playoffs that missed last year drew lock and the company down there yep. they're an amazing they're 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 really pushed to probably make uh, make the uh, the wild card underneath the, the uh the Kansas City Chiefs, when it comes to the playoffs next year, they're they're a phenomenal team. Drew Locke, people have gave him, given him MVP pedigree, pedigree this year. Like he could potentially be a breakout player. I don't know if it's going to go that far. Uh, he I watched some games of him last year. He was phenomenal. He's definitely a very good young talent, but who knows how far he's going to go? That team, I don't know a crazy much about with the Buccaneer or with the uh, the Denver Broncos. We'll just have to. Wait and see, but uh, Jameson, I know the other team I had mentioned was the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm sure we're about to get into it a little bit on here. But I, I mean, I just said last year, like the Dallas Cowboys, eight and eight, number one ranked offense, number seven ranked defense in the league. It was a, it's a statistical anomaly that they really could not make the playoffs. But the fact that they had like pretty much the 32nd ranked special teams unit in the NFL, along with the bottom feeder coaching staff led by D- Jason Garrett, who now is the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. It's just crazy to think to me that they're not even going to I mean, they might not make the playoffs, but they might they're going to make a very handily push at the playoffs. And I can totally see them uh keeping their crown when it comes to number 1 offense in the league because I mean, with the addition of CD Lamb and with Blake Jarwin taking the helm over Jason Witten, there's just more athleticism. Do you think they're going to be the number 1 offense in the NFL? They were last year. Yard like yard I don't know ESPN, they do it yardage-wise. So they, they, the Dallas Cowboys put out the most yards per game of any NFL team, three, 431.5 yards per if game. You're drawing, if you're going best best in the, best offense, then it's for sure the Ravens. They just put up the most points. They, mean, they were the second most offense in the NFL <laughs> last year. So they had 107. So they, they trailed the Cowboys I wanna, by – uh, I really want to talk to uh, – 24 to, yards a game. To the, uh, to the <laughs> producer who produced the, that – I mean, the number one offense, are you kidding me? I mean, they didn't even make the playoffs. I, I, I mean, that, that's the see. Geez. I don't even like agree with that. Really, like they put out the most yards per game of any NFL team. Granted, a lot of it was you know they they were they were playing from behind a lot, so they had to pass a lot. And obviously, you're going to make more yards passing frequently in the in the second half than you are going to be running the ball. But it's not the way the Dallas Cowboys like to play. But ju- I mean, just thinking now, their defense had some additions. Their offense had amazing additions. C.D. Lamb, Blake Jarwin. Jarwin was an addition, but he's a he's been promoted to starting tight end over Jason Witten, who's now with the Oakland or no, Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they they so, might be uh, they might be they might be somewhere this year. The Raiders, I think they're a, they're a solid eight with the, and eight with their new season with their new with their new stadium, the new is, Death is, Star is, Stadium yeah, out there in the desert. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy stadium. Uh, L A. Have you seen L A. Stadium as well? I have not seen it. Look up right now your SoFi S O F I Stadium. I, I, I've, I think I've seen it. I just not. It's it's pretty much complete now. They're practicing in that stadium now. It is. Phenomenal phenomenal looking that amazing like i mean that puts um what is it the falcon stadium to shame dallas cowboys stadium to shame like that it's a favorite favorite stadium in the nfl easily that la stadium it's amazing uh obviously i'd, I'd if i if i could choose stadiums to go to it's going to be uh at&t stadium first but then the the that la stadium sofi stadium out there phenomenal phenomenal AT&T. stadium <laughs> Hey, I got to go there to see a Dallas Cowboys game at some point. I just got to. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> but no. Cow- I mean, look, look. The Cowboys, they're making the playoffs next year. 
I'm not gonna. I don't want to say they're going deep. I have it in my heart that they're gonna make a deep run. And I know this this stupid stigma about Dallas Cowboys fans saying, "Oh, this is our year. We're winning it all this year." Is uh, it's super, it's annoying to like fans like me who actually you know we try to be serious about the thing. You go on Twitter and look up Dallas Cowboys. There's just crap all throughout the, the replies and stuff. I hate being on Dallas Cowboys Twitter. Probably the worst place on earth. Um, there's just talk. Fa- the even worst like football team on earth. Even like Dallas Cowboys fans hate Dak Prescott. They hate the coaching staff. They want to trade everybody. Literally saw a tweet today saying, "Let's trade Zeke and like a second round pick to the Saints for Camara, because we'll we'll get rid of Zeke's contract and sign Camara to like six million a year." And I was like, "Are you dumb? Like that? Like come on, come on now." Zeke's top top two running back in the league. Camara's like you know he's he's top five, top six. But um, the Dallas Cowboys, whether they win the NFC East or they come wild card to the Eagles, that one's just like every year for the last like four years. That's going to come down to the wire between those two teams. I took with my Cowboys to win the NFC East, make a playoff push. I can totally see them going 11-5, Like I, 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 I didn't. I had the opportunity twelve and four. You realize that's four lost. Four games. losses. Yeah. They, they, they have, a, a, and they're in the toughest division in the NFL. In the NFC East? In, not, not division. You mean like, uh, the, conference? Like, yeah, conference. Okay, I'll give you that. It is the hard conference. They have The Cowboys have like the second or third easiest schedule coming in, which is kind of absurd to me. They play Eagles the, will beat them. Both times? I don't know about both. No. Cardinals will for sure beat them. Cardinals won't beat them. Yeah, we'll beat oh the yeah. Seahawks will get them. Packers will beat them. Vikings might even beat them. I think the Vikings have a great shot of beating them. Mm-hmm. And Buccaneers will for sure beat them. That's only like five. That's five wins or five losses. Oh well, that's just for sure. I'm Saints will definitely beat them. The Saints whooped them last year. We don't play the Saints. Y'all, y'all, y'all did play the Saints last year at no at, this year. Oh, last year. This year. oh, okay. I'm looking at it right lucky. now. You got lucky. There. <laughs> I love seeing just Washington. We're gonna play Washington. You know that, that was insane. You know Rams, Rams. You know Dub Falcons, Dub Seahawks, L Rams. You think you'll be the Rams? I don't think we're, so. We're gonna have the first the first victory in SoFi Stadium is going to the Dallas Cowboys. No way, absolutely There's no shot. The, the LA Rams, uh, no shot. Coming off, I mean, I put money on it right now. <laughs> might have to talk about Venmo after the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I don't know about that. I I just I mean the Cowboys, dude. I just there I. Their offense is just like just looking at it. They're, I did not expect to get CD Lamb in the draft. I was thinking Clavon Chaston or Grant Delfit or Xavier McKinney, someone on the defensive side, safety, linebacker, somebody for us. Uh, wide receiver CD Lamb, arguably the best wide receiver in college football last year. Just insane to me that uh, we were able to get him. Still feels kind of crazy. Just looking at like looking at him in, uh, in practice right now, there are like our analysts are already saying he's the number one receiver on the team ahead of Amari Cooper. So that's insane. I think the Dallas Cowboys are set for the future right now with CD Lamb. Come time for Michael Gallup and him and CD Lamb to get signed to an extension, we can get out of Amari Cooper's contract because he'll be about two or three years into it. We can get out of that contract, run with CD Lamb and Michael Gallup, and I think we have a great future ahead. Dak Prescott on the franchise tag right now, but I fully come. They're going to make a deal done. They lo- we love the guy. The Cowboys front office loves Dak Prescott. He's the leader of this team. So I fully expect um Cowboys make the playoffs this year. They're they're gonna make it. They're gonna make the NFC Championship game. They're gonna win the whole thing, maybe. No, I'm, I won't. I won't go out and say that. I already have the Seahawks and Ravens. You know, it might be the Seahawks and Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. No way. All I want is like at least one playoff win. You know, at least make it to the championship game. I'll be happy. You know, we even we, that hasn't happened in so long, man. We made the divisional round like uh, three three times in the last like twenty years. Lost to the pa- Packers twice and the Rams once. So just just give us something. That's all I ask. Just 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 give us something. But let's, talking about the Cowboys makes me want just want to yawn. Uh, see, I could talk about them all day. But obviously, 
once we get into the season, once we see them win the week one game, we'll have a lot more to talk about. But um, let's shift gears a little bit here, you know. Uh, let's go down to New Orleans right now because the big news that kind of came out was, um, we, we'll just t- touch on this as Tad, but Alvin Kamara, uh, there was really, there's a bunch of reports just like one day or two days ago about him not reporting to uh, practice for like three straight days. And people were like, what, what's going on? And there's contract Distrib- or contract obstruction with him. He's wanting to get a deal with the Saints. They're not wanting to ask for. They're not wanting to do the money he was doing. He didn't. There were so there was rumors about what was going to go on with them, whether they're going to release him or not. And according to people, Kamara wanted Christian McCaffrey money. He wanted 15 million a year or 14 million a year, somewhere in that range, because obviously that's what Christian McCaffrey got. And he is, I think, the lead. He's the highest paid running back in the league, which rightfully deserved. He's amazing back. Number one running back last year. You know, ran caught the balls out of the backfield ran phenomenal player he was a thousand yard receiver thousand yard rusher that rarely happens in the nfl so congrats to him he deserves he got the bag he had that they rolled the brinks the brinks truck right up to his backyard gave him all the money he wanted but camara also wants that money and i mean he camara's been a great back he was under mark ingram then a tandem a couple years ago with the saints and for like the last two years he's been the solid number one back in uh in new orleans but he's not kind of the ground and pound back that you normally see he's not an ezekiel elliott not Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, the, the backs that you're going to throw and give the ball to 20, 25 times a game and lead that offense. He's not that. He's going to take around 15, 15 uh, rushes a game, maybe catch about seven, eight balls a game. And he was wanting around 15 million, and the Saints were reportedly only wanting about 12 million. So, Jamison, how do you how do you feel about this? Um, I right now uh, there was a report today about Sean Payton having a talk with Alvin Kamara, and they're on mutual agreement right now. They're going to try to get the deal done. But I believe Kamara's going to be back at Saints practice now. But there was huge speculation yesterday about where he's going to go if they release him or if they wanted to, you know, open the trade him. They said they were open to trading him last year. The Saints, or yesterday, the Saints said they were open to trading him. There was tweets that, or the Saints didn't directly say that, but obviously there was reports from analysts saying that was going to happen. So, like, do you think he deserves this money range? How do you, how do you think you feel about him? Well, well, it's just sad. It's it's really sad. It just really hurts the game of football whenever it comes down to. Um, just comes Agreed. down to yeah. to all the money issues because mm-hmm. I mean they're already making millions. I mean it's not like they need more money. I mean I know they would probably want more cars, more houses. I mean more Lamborghinis. They've already got five and they need ten, and they need more Ferraris. They already got two. They need four. They've already got four houses, so they need eight houses. They need a private jet, and so it's just it's it's really sad because it's like come on man like you're already making millions of dollars like people would dream of that i mean dream mm-hmm. I, mean, I just want like half a million yeah I'll take half a million <laughs> yeah. right now. and so and so that's the frustrating part and then you know like kind of like boycotting your team i mean that just shows i mean that shows your teammates like all right dude he only thing he cares about is money i mean look at those offensive linemen there ain't no way he's gonna make those offensive linemen will make even close at their prime to mm-hmm. what he's making right now so, exactly, yeah. I mean, that just shows your teammates how selfish you are. All you care about is money, and you don't care about getting better. You don't care about helping your team out but you could, because you care about money. And same thing with Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. But I think Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in the league for sure, mm-hmm. and I think he's unstoppable at times. Um, and so, um, you know, it is what it is, uh, and I think he's a great quarterback. Does he deserve to be the highest-paid running back? That's not my decision. That's bo- mm-hmm. way above my pay grade. Um, and so does he deserve it? Who knows? Uh, he thinks he does. Obviously, the Saints doesn't. So um, 
I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a deal done because that's going to really hurt the Saints a lot more mm-hmm. than than it's going to help them. Um so with their financial situation, so I'm sure there's going to be a deal done soon. I doubt he's going to be traded. Uh that's just kind of my take on it. I don't think he'll be traded though. Yeah. I'm I'm crazy sick of just contract talk with the with the whole Dak Prescott thing that lasted like 2 years just yeah. talking about does someone deserve money or not. It's just it's just like such such a drawer, like such a drag down on the sport having people just constantly asking for all this money. And I mean, I mean I I understand you want to be the highest paid. You want to you know get your name in that. Like you want to be that guy. But like and like you know it's mo- I mean the the players have a say in it. I think a lot of it has to do with their agents as well. Their agents want to make a name for themselves. Like oh look I can take this number five running back and make him the number one paid. You know I feel like the agents have a lot to do with that. That was a big thing with Dak Prescott. His agent was really trying to push. He's like look guy look dude I can get you this money. You just gotta trust me on this. You have I can make the argument that you deserve this money. So it, it, it's just kind of a bore on football, honestly. And I'm sick of hearing that. But, uh, again, Kamara's back practicing, according to head coach Sean Payton. So hopefully they stay that. They work out a deal. I see him getting around 12 to $13 million a year, right in that mid-range, right below Zeke, right below um, Christian McCaffrey. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But uh, shifting to another gear, a, a running back that didn't get the money was Leonard Fournette down in Jacksonville, who just has now added another piece to uh, – me and I'm sure Jameson, you as well. Our speculations on the Jaguars are tanking this entire season, just like the uh, the Dolphins were rumored to do last season. And instead of tanking for Tua, who do you think they're tanking for? They are tanking for your man, Trevor Lawrence. I said this in my in my quarantine episode, calling my shot out back in April or March. When it, no, it was in March. Back in March, calling my shot out. The Jaguars are getting Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. And they're going to move to London in 2025 or whatever. And Trevor Lawrence is going to get an English accent because he's going to have to play in London all the time. So uh, uh, those are some bold predictions. <laughs> so, Leonard Fournette released by the Jaguars. Nobody picked him up on waivers, so he is now officially a free agent. Um, no idea where he's going to go. Uh, I figured you know the Bears might want to pick him up because they really have nobody down there. They have like did they get they have Jordan Howard? No, I don't know. They have Tariq Cohen. That's all I know. So Bears, but they, Matt Nagy came out today and said that they're not interested. So this this now just runs into the long history the Jaguars have of just having awful first round picks and getting rid of them. You know, I mean, I, I have a list right here in front of me of all the Jaguars picks. I mean, their last fifteen. This is a stat I saw. The last fifteen first round picks they've had, they've only re-signed two of them, and that was Mercedes Lewis and Tyson Alula. So two of their last fifteen picks they've re-signed first first round picks. Their first overall pick. So, you know, uh, obviously, uh, 2011, Blaine Gabbert, he was gone in 2014. He was, had his trips around. Uh, Justin Blackman, he didn't play. He was his 20, 20, uh, 2012 first-round pick. Don't even know who that is. Uh, we get fast forward to 2014, Blake Bortles, he was cut. Deontay Fowler in 2015, he didn't re-sign. Uh, Jalen Ramsey in 2016 didn't re-sign. He's now with the Rams. And now 2017, Leonard Fournette, he obviously did not re-sign. He was just cut. So the Jaguars, yeah. awful first offer of drafters. They've been one of the bottom feeders in this league for such a while. They had their magical 2017 run when they went like 10 and 6, I think, 10 yeah. and 6 in the season, made the AFC Championship game. But, and, um, but yeah. And the sad part is, man, the, in 2017, they had the fourth overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. The fourth... One, two, three, and then four. They had four, the fourth draft pick, and they passed up on Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They passed up former former Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes, who just won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl this past year, all to keep Blake Bortles and to draft Leonard Fournette. Yeah, they draft Leonard Fournette 
who they did not resign, like you just said, they passed up on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Are you kidding me? I mean, mm-hmm. what is going through their mind? I mean, are you serious? I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson and the Texans are so much better than the Jaguars. I mean, that's by a long shot. Patrick Mahomes just took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. It's just it's out of my mind. It's unbelievable. I cannot believe uh, believe this. And and so it's just like, are you kidding me? So th- you want me to tell you what this sets up? A what? perfect storm. Uh huh. Perfect for, storm <laughs> for Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Do was Dabo Sweeney leaving Clemson? Nah. No. But that's what people think. People think that there is a perfect storm. They're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to tank. They're going to get sign uh, Dabo Swinney for their head coach. I don't think that's going to happen just because, like, if you go to the NFL after college, it's, I, it's, hard, ne- it's, a, it's a hard no, transition. Nobody's been successful, and Dabo Swinney is doing a phenomenal job in Clemson. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, everyone likes to just, like, at, social media especially, everyone rips on the, the Bears especially for drafting Mitchell Trubisky second overall instead of Mahomes and Watson, which, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. It, it's college – it's college, you know, you can't – what's the word? Um, scouts. You can't scout – it's hard to scout players in college. You're not going to hit 100% of the time. I mean, like, just look, Tom Brady went in the sixth round, you know. If someone had known he was going to be the, the best player in history, they were going to draft him first overall. You just don't know. So, obviously, you know, to scouts for the Bears, they thought Trubisky was the guy. He was the best one out of, I think, North Carolina. And they, they, they liked him better than Mahomes and Watson, and fair play to them. But the funny thing about that is, like, Jacksonville had the fourth pick. And they picked Leonard Fournette because they had confidence in Blake Bortles. And granted, this was before Blake Bortles and the uh, the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game. This was in the 20, 2017 draft. And then in the, the Super Bowl of the season, or the, the playoffs in that season after that draft, they ended up going to the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles and with Leonard Fournette and with their defense. But if the Jacksonville had not believed in Blake Bortles and they were like, you know what, he's not the guy for the city, we want a new quarterback... The next two quarterbacks off the board were Mahomes or Watson. So if they were like, let's get a quarterback instead, and the Bears took Trubisky, they'd be left with Mahomes or Watson at their disposal. But they were like, no, we'd rather have the running back because we love Blake Bortles. He's a solid 8-8 eight and eight quarterback and is going to lead us to the, the chosen land. So <laughs> they took Leonard Fournette, which, again, might not have been the best pick because Christian McCaffrey was drafted 8th overall later in that draft, who's ar- pretty much arguably the number one running back in the league right now and possibly the greatest offensive player, like, according to fantasy, at least, in the NFL. So that's just something, you know, you really got, like, for the Jaguars, we rip on the Bears so much, but the Jaguars, like, just picking uh, a running back over a quarterback might just be even even a worse of a pick than what the Bears did back in 2017. So, you know, you have Trubisky, they take him, fine. But you could have had Mahomes or Watson if you decided Blake Bortles wasn't your guy. They were right there. They could have had him over top of uh, Kansas City or Houston. So, you know, just just sad, really crazy to think about if that could have happened but um now they're in tank they're in tank range right now we joked all season about the miami dolphins they were in tanking for two a range and then they ended up winning like four of their last six games or something insane like that they got really hot down the stretch but, so and then they <clears> ended up <throat> luckily this, they didn't get the one number one overall pick but luckily joe burrow hopped on the scene so he was chosen ahead of tua and the um dolphins were able to snag tua which was you know their their guy anyway mm-hmm. yes so and and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting if they tank and Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence stays 
for, in Clem, college, for, for our senior year. For her senior yeah. year. That's gonna really, really suck. And I nobody I don't think nobody really knows. I've got some connections that are is really, really close to Trevor Lawrence, so I'm sure I can ask them if he's gonna go or not. Like one of my buddies, he's like he's been Trevor Lawrence has been to his house and everything like that. Uh-huh. Um but um they're really good buddies. So I'm sure I'm sure I could get the down the scoop on uh, on if Trevor Lawrence is going to go or stay. Uh, he had to but, scoop uh, before all the college football insiders, you know, yeah. just like knock on his door. Yo, yes, Trevor, uh, are you <laughs> staying or not? Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting for sure if he's staying. Um, you know, is I guess it just depends on how the season goes. I think if he doesn't win the national championship, I'm sure he'll pro- he might stay again. Uh-huh. But, I mean, who really knows? You, you know said he's I mean? not losing another game in his college career. I don't, I don't so. think so. I don't I, think so. That wouldn't, would not surprise me at all, uh, especially, you know, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 being out of the season now. And then in the ACC and the SEC and the uh, the Big 12, I think, are the only main conferences right now. He, I mean, that took away a bunch. Ohio State's not in the mix anymore. Well, that's the only, that's the only person that – I mean, that's the only team that's – Taking a threat away. Yeah, Penn State won't even have a sh- like. You know, they're they're always in the top ten. They no shot between there. Um, Minnesota, they were good last year. They're not going to be in it this year either. So uh, they obviously still have to contend with the SEC teams. Obviously, so crazy. I mean, the, the, this whole COVID thing is really just going to shake up the whole thing. And if Jacksonville ends up getting them one pick, I said I would not be surprised if they go like two and fourteen. I said that on my on the show I did in quarantine. I would not be surprised if they went two and fourteen, number one overall pick. And Garner Minshew, you know, he's great. That's the biggest asterisk, really, because obviously they have no playmakers besides like DJ Chark. That's really the only significant player they have on the offensive side of the ball. That's the only guy that really stood out last year. Even Leonard Fournette had somewhat of a down year last year. So DJ Chark is really the only playmaker. Their defensive side of the ball, they've lost everybody. Calais Campbell going to Baltimore was like the nail in the coffin. They have pretty much nobody left on that defensive side. No playmakers at all. Gardner Minshew is really the only asterisk on whether or not they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they could still get the number one overall pick next year, but if they have any bit of faith in Gardner Minshew, they might keep him just because it's the safe option instead of getting rid of him and going with Trevor Lawrence. Gardner Minshew wasn't amazing last year. He won the starting job over Nick Foles. Uh, when Nick Foles got hurt and then eventually came back and uh, they traded him away to the to the uh, the Chicago Bears, but Gardner Minshew, you know, he he was he was okay. He has mobility with his feet. You know, he has the mustache. He's a he was a social media phenomenon last year. So if he can have a decent season this year, he might be able to secure his spot. But I mean, two and fourteen, I really can't see them having a spe- him having a spectacular statistical season, going two and fourteen, and just getting dismantled by teams. He, they will be behind a lot though, so he'll get a lot of opportunities to throw. So maybe Gardner Minshew will be you know up there in the top ten of throwing. And uh, he's obviously a, he can rush with his feet as well. So that's the only aspect I really have to see with Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. But I, I hope he does because I'll get my prediction almost a year in advance, completely out of the blue, them tanking. Which I said that back when Jalen Ramsey was trade, traded. So, uh, or no, not when Jalen who was who was traded. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Was it okay? Yeah, I thought yeah. he got did he get traded during the season though? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I, I think he stuck it out. I think he stuck it out. Quarantine has my mind, you know, flipped everywhere. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, there, was, there was a big trade. It must have been Jalen Ramsey or somebody else down there in April around the trade deadline. And I was like, yep, all right, sorry, Jaguars tanking. Goodbye. They're going to London. They're getting uh, Trevor Lawrence. So ex- ex- fully expect a British-speaking uh, British Trevor Lawrence by 2025. That's uh, almost almost fully in play. Maybe Dabo Sweeney as well. Maybe they'll both pick up, go to some English pubs every weekend. But um, we're going to take a quick... He was traded during the season. Jaylen he was? Ramsey, because he went to the Rams. Remember, and he Who played... Who was traded then? Oh, I'm going to look it up now. Who was traded from the Jaguars to... or somewhere. Someone was traded during that episode because that's why I talked about it. I don't know. I can't look at this. My Google does not work very well. Jaguars trades. 
March. It wasn't Jeff Swain because he was a tight end. I don't care about Jeff Swain. It was... Come on now. April? No, not April. March. Oh, it was Calais Campbell. That's what it was. Okay. But I don't know why. I thought that happened in like June for some reason. But no, that wasn't March. It was Calais Campbell. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> British speaking, uh, Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence at an English pub in 2025 after they beat down on the uh, Houston Texans. So we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more. You know, we, we, there's some news about college. You know, they're starting up in, a, in just a week. So we're going to talk college football, see what's going on on that side of the NFL and football spectrum. So be sure to tune in for our last half hour of the show. And we will be right back. And we are back here on Off the Bench, XLR, Lander University Radio. My name is Hayden Joyner, as always. And I'm joined here with Jamison Hartso. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show so far. You know, it's been kind of a weird one. We had, uh, you know, sports have kind of kind of started, but, you know, our main topics are obviously the NFL and college football, and those are coming just in a few weeks. Obviously, uh, next show will be one day before the NFL season premieres on Thursday Night Football with the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll probably do crazy season predictions that year, that week, you know, give our uh, maybe our, pre- our preseason uh Division champs, you know, some fun stuff that show as well. Preview uh, the the starting matchups this Sunday. Preview the Texans and the Chiefs, the Cowboys and the Rams, all the good games you want to watch. But it's been a kind of funny show, you know. We had NBA talk, we had a bunch of NFL offseason talk, and now uh, just uh, 30 minutes left in the show, we're going to get into some college football as well. Not a ton of it, but I know Jamison's really itching to talk about it. So, uh, you know, just a week away, we got some big shakeups, Big Ten, Pac-12, opting out of the season due to corona. And just, you know, SEC... ACC and Big 12 are kind of the big three conferences in contention. Uh, it promoted the, my Kentucky Wildcats to number 22 in one of the uh, AP polls, so uh, congratulations to them. We're in a preseason top 25. That never happens for us, but uh, we're going to be we're gonna be pretty good this year. And you know who exactly is number one? You got the yours and only. Clemson Tigers. Clemson Tigers. Clemson Tigers. Yes, sir. Uh, Dabo Swinney has uh, got another number one preseason Um Ranking. Were they number, uh, number one was, last year? Uh, I believe so. I believe they were number they were one. Defending, After they were defending, defending champs, champs last year. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so my favorite college football. Uh, it's just it's I'm it's crazy. It's crazy. As crazy as it's going to be, um, it's it's just going to be a weird season. It's it's not going to be the same. It really isn't. Um, but uh, this coming Saturday, last Saturday there was kind of college football. There was like a. Hundred yard like kick return or like a, a option run a run um, and uh, so that was really cool. It was kind of like it was like, like Austin div- Pay or yeah, some it was team. some really really small school. So I guess that was kind of like the official like kickoff. Uh, but uh, this week is going to be like the uh, Army plays this week. Not a lot of big teams are playing mm-hmm. uh, this Saturday. Some notable, uh, some uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, well known, but not very good good football teams. Uh, but a uh, week from this Saturday is um, is whenever the big teams play. You got Clemson, um, you got Alabama. Those are like the bigger teams are playing uh, a week from this Saturday, and. Um, and so uh, I'm just super, super, super pumped. We got Clemson. Uh, the preseason uh, AP poll uh, has got Clemson number one, Ohio State's number two, but they are going to opt out of the uh, 20, uh, 2020 season, or at least for the fall. Uh, so there mm-hmm. was some speculation talking 
uh, about potentially starting as early as Thanksgiving break, but more than likely um, they might have a football season in the spring, which is going to be really, really crazy. Uh, who knows how that's going to work out and how they are going to actually get their teams. I guess it would be only like Big Ten and Pac-12, uh, if that's right. But um, uh, still, uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, so potentially Thanksgiving break for Big Ten, Pac-12 fans. If you've got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan – if you're any of those fans, uh, then uh, it's going to be some some weird college football season for you. Uh, for me, I'm an ACC fan because obviously the number one team, Clemson Tigers, uh, they're in the ACC and uh, they're playing, but they're only playing ten games. They're going to not play their biggest rivalry of the year uh, or ever uh, against South Carolina. So ACC is going to take two um, non-conference games. Uh, they're going to play eight. Uh, conference games and then two non-conference and that's going to be Notre Dame uh, because Notre Dame does not have have a conference they're mm-hmm. an independent school uh, just for football every other sport is ACC but there's been some uh, talks with NBC is not going to broadcast their football games if uh, they're on the ACC so it's just some complicated things like that um, so they're an individual so ACC is going to pick up their football team and uh, I think every team is going to play um, Notre Dame uh, so they can play this year, um, and so and I th- cannot remember who the other team is um, who uh, Clemson is going to be playing. Uh, but also Clemson is going to be playing next Saturday uh, on ABC. It's going to be a primetime game at seven thirty. So really, really pumped to see that. But it's just going to be a crazy, crazy football season. Just some. Who knows? I mean, who knows? They've all of their workouts, all of their practices have been cut short. Uh, just I mean everything is. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's just it, obviously just looking at it, it's having only like of like the, you know, the big five, the power five conferences, only having three of them is definitely going to shake up a bunch. Um, the SEC, you know, that's my conference, the Kentucky Wildcat fan at heart. We're not, so, we're starting a little later. I think SEC or the ACC starts, like you said, this, not this weekend, but the next. So that's, mm-hmm. that's like the 12th, uh, I believe September 12th, 13th, that weekend. Uh, the SEC, the SEC does not start until the Saturday at the end of the month, um, September 26th. So they have about two weeks after the ACC starts before their schedule starts. And let, same, same with the ACC. The SEC has it where um, instead of having your non-conference games, they just added more conference games instead. And so I know I said last season like the the Kentucky Wildcats were a good team this year. I really feel like we are, and we're gonna the. Kentucky Wildcats are going to contend for, I thought they were going to contend for at least an SEC East championship with Florida and Georgia. They were going to be up there, maybe a game behind the first place. They were going to have a shot. But with um, the addition of, I think, two extra SEC games, I mean, that just really hurts us. Because now, I mean, normally we'd play like maybe two really good teams, maybe like an Auburn and a Florida during our season. But now we now Kentucky, you know, we have to play Auburn, Georgia, Alabama and Florida with only one of those games at home and that being Georgia we got to go on the road at Auburn on the road at Alabama and on the road at Florida luckily though we get to end the season at home against South Carolina so Jamison will beat them really bad for you mm-hmm. to end the season I know I know they're used to ending their season on a pretty <laughs> awful note so we'll we'll hopefully continue that for you don't worry um but yeah Kentucky I made a little I made a little graphic on like my Instagram story like my personal account I said they're going they're only going to lose like three games and out of, out of all, I think it's like what eight and three, nine and three. How many games do they have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So ten. I was saying they're going to go seven and three, which it's kind of crazy. I don't, I don't know if I, I could see this being a five and five, six and four team with the addition of these new SEC games. But you know, I I have some faith in us. We're pretty good. Remember, I think. Let me check. 
we're in the preseason polls. I know we are now because of the Pac-12 and Big Ten opting out, but I'll get that number in a second whenever Kentucky's ranked. But yeah, just a crazy offseason with this. Um, Clemson, I feel like with the Big Ten going away, they're almost clear favorites right now. Alabama, two is gone. I, who's their starter? Mac Jones now? Who knows how he's yeah. going to look for Alabama? Who knows how good they're going to be? Uh, Bo Nix with Auburn. They, I mean, he he showed some light last year. They could definitely be a thing. Uh, another contention, Kyle Trask at Florida. I feel like the SEC is the only competition, really, that um, Clemson's going to have. And th- this news just dropped. So apparently Jamie Newman, he was the previous quarterback at Wake Forest in uh, the 2019 season. He has opted out of the uh, season. He was going to be a senior, a uh, fourth-year senior at uh, the University of Georgia Bulldogs, and he was going to be a really dominant. He was very good against Clemson this past year uh, at, at Wake Forest. So he was transferred to Georgia, and uh, he is no longer – he's going to opt out of the season, I'm assuming due to COVID concerns or something like that. So that's going to be a really big blow for Georgia. And, I, you know, I, they, they had Georgia preseason ranked five. I actually think that they should be ahead of LSU. LSU's at number four. Uh, I think they've just – that's just respect for the team, I think, because they won this national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Georgia should be at number four at least. Who even is LSU's um, starting quarterback now? Uh, I don't I don't know. I have I, no I, idea. I don't remember checking whatever that was. Let's see. Uh, Miles Brannon, is that the top of the of the depth chart? I'm looking in an article that is – yeah, Miles Brennan. No idea who that is, you know. I mean, he's on LSU. He's a, he's a quarterback for LSU, so he must not be awful. But – you know, no idea who that is. I think LSU, I think you're right. It's mostly respect they're kicking it for. You know, they lost all their offensive playmakers. Their offensive coordinator's gone. Um, Jamar Chase, big news out of there. He's opted out for the season as well. So, number one wide receiver. They lost Justin Jefferson, obviously, to the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL draft. And Jamar Chase opted out of the season just, I think, last week. Big news out of there. So, LSU, I mean, they might just fall back to the way they were before Joe Burrow showed it up in town, which, you know, they were they were contending. They, they, they could beat a good team or once in a while in the SEC, but they weren't amazing. They were on, like, that Florida level. Mm-hmm. They'd be, you know, the top 15 sometimes. So uh, I think they're going to fall back in there. And the SEC, it's going to be basically a three-horse race, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky. You know, they might get in there a little bit. They, I think yeah. Kentucky will stay in the top, the, uh, the top 25. But certainly interesting. I, I fully see... Clemson running away with this. Obviously, they don't have they don't have a new quarterback. They didn't lose any coaching staff or major coaching staff that I know of. Jamison, you probably know more about that. But um, you know, they didn't. They lost T. Higgins in the draft, but they have such a deep wide receiver core. Um, they're fine. Travis Etienne's back for the season as well. So they their offense is pretty pretty well in, intact right now. And so I think they're the clear favorite to go away with this championship in this really weird season. Who knows how they're going to categorize this. Are they? Are they, Jameis? You might know. Are they running a national championship in bowl games? Uh, or, I, I'm not sure. Because with I'm some teams sure. playing in the yep. spring, how I know there's like there's a few conferences that are like they're going to play in the fall, but they're not participating in the national like the FCS. As far as far as I, as far as I've seen, I think they are going to try to do something okay. along those lines. I mean, the, obviously the safe bets like you know stay within your conferences, do a conference championship. We'll 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 fix everything next year. We'll make everything normal next year. Yeah. But I mean, I can totally see you know the three ma- major conferences they're going out for national championship and, game. And big news is you do not lose a year so this year um you you do have the opportunity like they are not counting this year as like a like year you know you're only allowed five years and being a college football uh, you know four years of actually playing you're allowed five if you red shirt mm-hmm. um so you can have five or four like playing uh more four or more games and uh they are not counting this year as like um as like a uh actual 
uh, goes against your eligibility. Um, so that's really good, and uh, much respect for the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hope, I mean, we'll just have to see how this obviously pans out. I, I'd like there to be a national championship game. I think it'd be a very interesting thing. It'll be a great ESPN 30 for 30 in a couple of years as well when they make it. So that'd be very interesting. Clemson has a very, very strong shot at winning it this year just because they have an intact team. They don't have a new quarterback. So we'll definitely see how that pans out. And if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and some other conferences ended up playing in the spring, at least we'll get some spring football. You know, we, we had that with the XFL. <laughs> Man, see, we had that with the XFL and the AFL the year before that, or the AAF. And um, so unfortunate that COVID ruined the XFL because that was a very entertaining product they put out. And uh, But if we have some college football in the spring, I will not be opposed to that. That's a great deal for us football fans to have football year-round, just you know, just, just the summer months we're missing out on. And like the in December, you know, you're missing college football typically because they're, they're break before the bowl games. But you got the NFL, and so we'd love some springtime and some summer football if possible. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see about that. But that is going to do it for us here on Off the Bench for our first episode back for what you, we'll call you know season two of Off the Bench. I don't know. We're back on campus finally. It's so great to be back on the air. Jameson, I know yeah, he's smiling over here. We're both happy to be back in the station and giving you guys some sports talk. We love doing it. So as always, be sure to follow us and keep up with this show on social media and your favorite podcast app. We can You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, at Off the Bench xlr be sure to type off the bench with xlr at the end of it we're the green gray and white logo just as off the bench you're for sure to find us uh there are video clips quotes fun fun moments you know all, all kinds of good graphics out there we love putting it out for you guys twitter and instagram as well facebook and if you weren't here to listen to this entire show and you're curious what we talked about earlier you know we discussed the nba playoffs we discussed super bowl predictions that we made weeks ago we discussed tom brady andre hopkins those moves that happened in the offseason if you're interested in hearing us talk about that be sure to go on to spotify google podcasts and apple podcasts to listen to us just search up off the bench and you will find us there so yeah if you have just want a chance to listen to us go listen to us uh, we greatly appreciate all the support we get on the show, and we have some big things in store for this year. So be sure to stick with us, and uh, we are going to give you guys a great product this season. So, Jameson, I'm sure you want to send us off as always, so uh, go for it, my man. As always, stay in the game, off the bench. We'll see you next time. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just $25 a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.